Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. We are just two weeks away from the federal budget, and of all that's been said about it already, there's not nearly been as much focus on one issue as it deserves. It's going to be a big test, not only for Julia Gillard and Wayne Swan, but in a way, for all of us. The issue is what Australia spends on foreign aid, more particularly what Australia's committed itself to spending on foreign aid. This is money from one of the richest, most privileged nations with, as is often claimed, a world-leading economy to those nations and the millions of people in those nations who live in poverty and great need. In the past, both sides of politics have committed to increasing aid to 0.5% of our gross national income by 2015. In last year's budget, the government delayed achieving that goal by a year to 2016. And in the current budget climate, there are very great concerns that this will again be the target of the Razor Gang. This issue raises lots of questions, like does the aid get through? Does it do any good? Is the type of aid we target the best use of our money? Why not look after number one first and foremost, look after us? But consider just this one figure of many. According to World Vision, 19,000 children are needlessly dying every day around the world. The man who'll be knocking on lots of doors in the coming fortnight is Tim Costello, the World Vision CEO who's with us tonight on Open House. You may want to join the conversation, add your voice, your perspective, maybe your experience. You may have even been in some of these needy nations. Should we lend a a helping hand? Maybe you think we shouldn't. Give us a call on 1300 40 2020. Tim Costello, welcome back to Open House. Great to be with you, and every single topic I'm interested in tonight, I might just hang around. (laughs) You're a very good man. Thanks so much for coming in, Tim. Um, Have you picked up anything concrete in all the pre-budget speculation that would give you concern that this would be imperiled, put at risk, this foreign aid commitment? Yeah, one of the uh, sad things is uh, Richard Nixon got it right when he said there's no votes in aid. And by that he meant the people who benefit from it aren't voters. They're outside. They're the world's poor. And when Australians uh, are in a pretty grumpy, polarised, aggressive state, I've written a book on hope because I literally became so distressed about how grumpy we'd become as a nation, we actually lose perspective. We lose perspective that... uh, we, after the, after the Swiss, Switzerland, are the second richest per capita nation on earth, so we're wealthy. After the Norwegians on the Human Development Index, we're the second healthiest nation in the world. So we're wealthy and we're healthy. Are we wise? And by that I mean we actually start to look at our lives and feel almost like we're victims, uh, that uh, everything is terrible. Now, there are real pockets of poverty and challenge in Australia. However, when there aren't votes in aid and we say, let's just look after ourselves, the temptation for governments, of course, trying to buy an election, put put out some goodies, is to uh, say, oh, there's low-hanging fruit. Who's going to notice? World Vision actually calculates that last year, because of our aid, 200,000 lives of children were saved. That if we keep our promises of going to 0.5, that's 50 cents in every $100, In the next four years, we'll save a million children's lives. So uh, I would actually argue that of all government, federal government expenditure, aid is the most cost-effective and the most morally significant. One reason, I guess, 
you might be nervous is what the government did with this budget towards the end of last year, the aid budget, diverting a considerable amount of money to asylum seeker management here in Australia. It really troubled me. Australia is now the third largest recipient of our own overseas aid program. Number one is Indonesia, number two is New Guinea, then it's Australia. And uh, this comes as a shock to Australians because rightly they say um, overseas aid, that's what it's called, overseas development assistance, is for overseas. Uh, We actually, uh, with a 21st century facing Asia uh, strategy, you know, we're encouraged to learn an Asian language, all good, we know our trade is there. But very few of us realise that of the 23 nearest countries to Australia, 21 are in deep poverty. Only Singapore and New Zealand are doing well. We're in the region where most of the world's poor live. It happens to be the region that's bought our minerals and commodities and really helped us economically. So aid isn't just about charity, though saving lives is pretty insignificant charity. It's a smart investment. It's uh, an investment that is working. So uh, when people say, oh, but does the money get there and how, how would I know? In the last um, uh, 20 years, since 1990, uh, overall child deaths have dropped by 42%. So we've dropped from when I started at World Vision to over 40,000 kids a day dying to 19,000 kids a day. And people will say, oh, but isn't that because of trade, not aid, China, Brazil, India, you know, doing better. The biggest drops have actually been in poor countries. So in Laos, 72% drop in child deaths. Sierra, uh, Liberia, Africa, uh, 69%. Cambodia, you go through poor countries, Rwanda, uh, average 42%. So aid not only works, it is life-saving, and these are people in our region. What sort of dollar figure are we looking at? If, if we get to this target by 2016, what sort of dollars are we looking at compared to the dollars we would have been spending when this commitment was made back in about 2007? Yes, yeah, so we, we are spending about $4.3 billion. If the government keeps its promise of going up from 0.35 to 0.37 in this budget on the way to 0.5, that will mean this budget an extra $500 million. And uh, a lot of Australians will say, wow, that's a lot of money. Yes. But remember the uh, total aid from all Western rich governments is only $120 billion a year. Uh, what we spend on weight loss programs in the West is $400 billion a year. I'm not seeing a great lot of success from weight loss programs, <laughs> despite the biggest loser and lots of others. <laughs> but certainly no one's saying, let's stop spending money on weight loss programs. Aid actually works. It's amazing what how little amount of aid compared to weight loss or soft drinks, which is far greater than what we spend on aid. Uh, and uh, this is something I think that is morally very serious. How do we compare with other developed nations in the amount of money that we're aiming to, hopefully? Give? So, again, Australians think we're massively generous. World Vision's done a whole lot of Vox Pops and... Uh, we ask people how much aid we're giving. They say, oh, 5%, 10%. When we say, no, 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 it's not even 1%. It's not even half a percent. It's yes. 0.35. People are amazed. Uh, I, I liken it to if your gross national income in $100 is put out in front of you and there's 50-cent 50, there's 50, 50 coins, so you've got 250-cent coins. So you can visualise that. And I say, how many of those coins do you think we're giving in aid? 
people will scoop up as a minimum 10 coins. They'll say at least $5. Many scoop up 20 coins, say $10. I then hold up one coin and say we're not even giving one coin. Mm-hmm. 35 cents is all we're giving. And people are shocked. They go, that can't be right. So we're 13th out of 24 countries. Now, the Norwegians, the Scandinavians are giving 1%. We're 0.35. The Brits with double-dip recession, a conservative government, um, not only have hit 0.5, they've legislated within a year to be a 0.7. That's a very big gap to us. It's a huge gap. For a country in the tr- economic trouble that they are in. They're not up there in, in the league ladder. In fact, if you have a look at The Economist, it said, what's the best country to be born in? Australia came in as number two. We are so ahead. Uh, Britain was down at about number 20, and here they're keeping their promises. This is a very important conversation for us to have and to hear. Faye has called in from South Australia to talk to Tim. Hi, Faye. Yes, good evening, boys. How are you going? Fine, thanks. Thanks very much for your call. What would you like to say, Faye? You're welcome. Um, look, the reason I'm ringing in, I just want to say, look, I, I don't... As, as Mr Costello said, um, all governments federally should help out and I don't care whether it's Labor or Liberal, but especially Labor because they are the um, the party for the battlers, or they have been ever since, since I was a kid, and I'm nearly 64. And I think that you know we, as like you said, we all should. Now I'm just when I think of kids starving, and I, I was shocked when I heard you say that uh, there were kids dying by the by the moment. Now, I'm here having my tea, and I'll tell you something. If, if I had a child near me that was starving, I'd be happy to, to give them my whole, well, what's left of my meal, and I'd hap- be happy to go without. Good on you, Faye. Thank you so much for calling. Tim, what would you say to Faye? Absolutely. The, the really interesting thing, Faye, is all of us have clear moral uh, sense if someone close to us is hungry or hurting, and we feel an ethical tug if we're a Christian, we say that's a person made in the image of God. Uh, if, we be, if we're secular, we say, well, universal human rights are indivisible, the universal. That child is hungry. The ethical tug, the ethical impulse doesn't lessen if we can help a child who isn't just close to us. And it's within our power to do it. It is actually the same ethical impulse because we're all made in the image of God. Yeah. And what, what you said about being, being shocked is actually the message we have to get through. Aid is working. As I said, 40,000 kids dying when I started at World Vision 10 years ago, down to under 20,000, 19,000 a day. And it is only a matter of will. The other thing I'd like to say about you eating your, your dinner at the moment is Australians actually are blessed. Uh, I find it troubling when... We actually uh, have politicians stroking us and saying everything's costly and uh, Australians are doing it hard. Uh, we know why they do this. The truth, the truth of the matter is um, when lots of Australians have a family has two cars and four mobile phones to a household and sometimes Mac houses, Mac, Mac mansions and brand clothing, um, we actually have a problem of our perspective and our expectations. And sometimes you would think we're in Spain with 27% unemployment or Greece. Good point. Uh, we're blessed. Yeah. And one of the most important things we can give to our kids is hope, the sense of resilience, that actually they can make a difference, that they are blessed. 
rather than exorbitant expectations. Faye, thanks so much for your call. Neil's rung in from Forestville in Sydney. Hi, Neil. Hi, uh, hi Lee. Hi, Tim. Hi. Um, I'd just like to ask Tim, how do we get past the politicians used to spin every time we do this? I've been involved in a couple of projects. I go to Paris that's very active in the market challenge Great. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Tim came and spoke oh, last November. Odd. Um, but, Tim, how, I mean, these guys and girls, let's not be sexist, get mega bucks to keep the politicians away. Hmm. Um, so what do we do? Well, we, we actually know that at the end of the day, politicians don't have a whole lot of room to move unless public opinion is with them. That's so right. we, um, I often say you can pick a politician uh, very simply. It's the person who wets their index finger and holds it up to the wind <laughs> and they will follow the wind. Our job in Micah Challenge, and I've been speaking in a Micah Challenge church uh, just this morning, Northside Baptist, our challenge is to change the direction of the wind. They will follow. Now, the spin doctors will always say, you've got to give handouts to this group because they'll scream loudly and they can make it painful. It's called rent seekers, actually, you know, the pokies <laughs> lobby that I'm on about and lots of other lobbies that actually say uh, we demand our right to actually uh, live off addiction, <coughs> to live off um, government uh, welfare when every one in four dollars in the Australian economy is federal government dollars. There's a whole lot of interest groups actually after that dollar. The amazing thing about Micah Challenge about what World Vision and other organisations is doing is mobilising young people who stagger and stun politicians because they're not interested in something that's for them. They're interested in people who are desperate. And How's politicians say, this yes. is amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Neil, thank you so much for your call. I must say that poor old Tim has got the dreaded lurgy tonight and he's very kind to come out <laughs> to the Open House studio. You're an absolute champion. So are we getting value for money? That's one of the challenging questions that's often asked about this. Yeah, so the government rightly is moving away simply from bilateral aid. That's government to government aid, and so they should. Aid is for poor people. It's not just for poor countries. In poor countries are many rich elites who go into politics in order to become rich. One thing you can't accuse of our politicians is going in to become rich. Um, they go in... You know, to serve, they have public ideals. Sometimes they get corrupted a bit on the way, but they don't become rich. So government aid, in its shift away to saying this is for poor people, this is actually for the the killers of kids. So it's immunizations. Pneumococcal disease is one of the biggest killers of kids. When you vaccinate them, they live. Uh, when you treat uh, them with antibiotics, which costs money, which is what aid do, does they live. Malaria, it's aid that pays for the malaria bed nets and the retrovirus that uh, viral treatment invented, not the retro, the rotovirus treatment invented by an Australian, by the way, that is a lifesaver. Aid pays for that. Uh, the next big killers of kids are tuberculosis. World Vision's working in every province in New Guinea dealing with tuberculosis. Um, then it's uh, uh, childbirth and not having um, very simple midwife, midwife attention that says when a baby's born, you need to put a blanket around it, otherwise that child will die. Things that are so basic. So simple, yeah. So basic. And so cheap. Actually. And so cheap. Yes, yeah. Uh, Nicholas has a question for you, Tim, from Canberra. Hi, Nicholas. 
G'day, mate. Yeah, g'day. Thanks very much for calling. What would you like to ask Tim? Um, just as someone who donates quite heavily myself, and we played on the moral aspect of, of foreign aid, but I was just wondering, is it really that moral to, like, with, with the government aid, it's really taking money that doesn't belong to you. It's really easy to say, like, yeah, be really, really charitable when they're playing with other people's money. Is that really still... Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, the aid agencies like World Vision and, you know, the plans and Oxfam's raise about a billion dollars a year. And it is a highly moral thing to say, out of my discretionary income, I'm going to give. And most of us uh, are able to do that and still care about the poor in our society, not say, you know, it's one or the other. Play the poor off against the yes. poor. We have the capacity to do both. Yeah. Um, Oh, aid, overseas aid, is a tax. There's no question. It's part of the taxes that go in to uh, paying for health and education and defence and a whole range of things. Um, just the history on this in terms of morality. Back in 1967, a um, Canadian foreign minister said, let the rich countries give 1% because of absolute poverty. Governments should give 07 and the private sector citizens, out of their money, Great that you do this, Nick, giving 0.3%. By and large, what we've seen is citizens, and Australians have been very generous, doing their bit, private citizens, giving to the world visions. And that's why I always congratulate Australians for their own sacrifice. But our government's failing. And when I'm talking government, I'm not just uh, having a go at one side or another. In fact, aid was highest under Bob Menzies. Aid was cut most dramatically under Bob Hawke which surprises people. Yes. They think, oh, isn't it sort of a lefty, bleeding heart issue? You'd hope for better. Yes. It's bipartisan and it's moral, not just because we promised and 190 countries signed up to the Millennium Development Goals and the rich said we'll give 0.7, but because it actually is an investment in the very societies we trade with. Nicholas, thanks so much for your call. Final question, Tim. How can people support you in this critical door knocking that you'll be doing over the next couple of weeks. What do they do? Yeah, they, they go online and sign a petition with World Vision, UNICEF, lots of other organisations are out collecting petitions, really motivated young people who've been lobbying Canberra. And when a politician sees a young person arguing not for themselves but for others' need, the two things happen. The first thing is this politician suddenly says, I once had ideals when I was young. Yes. I, I'm impressed. Secondly, they say, wow, what's happened to me? And those ideals, you know, seem to have got lost in need for pre-selection and loyalty to get cabinet selection maybe, party loyalty. Um, so uh, writing to your politician, ringing up Talkback Radio, letting, um, signing a petition, they are the ways to help. And I'd really encourage you to do that. We wish you well, and thank you so much for coming out here today. It's been a delight. Thank Very you. Very good. Tim Costello from World Vision across Australia. This is Open House. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.